Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is TL, and you are now on the front line. Stereo Podcast, baby. I don't know what we're going to do with y'all people, man. I don't know what to do with y'all people right now. I am still in the midst of doing this pandemic podcast. COVID-19 has quarantined us all. And I'm still stuck in the house because you people won't stay in. Y'all, look, we in uncertain times. And in uncertain times, we got to do things that we can control. This COVID-19 pandemic has exposed things that I don't think most of us have taken note of. We in trouble, y'all. Like real talk, we in trouble. The black community already has their slips showing on a regular basis. COVID-19 got your whole ass out. Those of us who call ourselves the middle class, guess what we just found out? We just found out we really the working class. And when I mean working class, I mean you was job rich. You were still living check to check, whether you was making a good amount of money or you was a part of that working class that, you know, was trying to make ends meet. You just found out you are a part of the working class, sir, ma'am. No one's working right now. Those of us who owned our own businesses and set accomplished idly against our success, your ass is out. And those who was already in a serious condition, in an uncertainty of times, those of us who couldn't make ends meet, those of us who worked minimum wage jobs, those of us who had to figure out how to rob Peter to pay Paul, your ass was already out. Quite simply put, we're fucked. A friend of mine would like to say when America has a cold, the black community has the flu. Well, guess what, people? America got COVID-19. That's really far from the flu. People are dying. And you won't stay in. It's time for you to implement some common sense measures. The government not coming to save you. That check, while it's coming, it's delayed. Look, y'all, the government's not coming to save you. You got to save yourself. It's time for you to implement some common sense measures. We're being used as a pawn in this big political game. I know from time to time, the people who I talk to on a regular basis, I tell them all the time, it's not politics, it's politics. And what you're doing right now is sitting in, playing the pawn game. You're a pawn right now. We're not ready for no type of civil war. Y'all got to understand, man, look, this game that they're playing right now, we the pawns. Y'all, they just going to send y'all out to get killed. And all the people who say they're so-called readily, financially, mentally, you can't grow nothing. You can't eat if the, if the store is not open. Your bank accounts ain't loaded. Look, I already know the numbers. I know where to get the statistics from. And it say you got less than $5,000 in your account. I'm finna flat out tell you, half the world got $5,000 in their account. The black community, oh my gosh. If this doesn't tell us to get ready, I don't know what will. 
I said I wasn't going to pull out no podium on the last one. But this one, I got to pull out the podium because y'all black ass won't stay in the house. I want to go outside, y'all. Only way I'm going to get outside is if y'all stay in the house. The politics is in full play. The power play is moving. Governors, mayors are moving without the president. Yeah, you call them idiot. You call them stupid. But I'm telling you, look at the moves that are being done right now. Look, man. I usually I got I got to get something to calm myself down. I got to go into this. I got to go into our lineup. Look. Hey y'all, look. Welcome to the Frontline Stereo podcast. Let me get something to I'm I'm I just need let me calm myself down. Look. I need something. Somebody to help me understand what what you Negroes is out here doing. Look, I got a special guest to help me help you guys understand what it's going to take to navigate through this uncertainty today. I'm going to pull them in immediately because I want to get right to it. I want to facilitate a discussion today around Saya. One of my bros hit me up. He said, Saya. I'm going to tell y'all what that means a little later. And then these political goals that we should be having the conversation we should be having especially now we're exposed our whole ass is out it ain't your slip that's showing your whole ass is out so that's how we gonna play it today let me pull in our special guests so we can get this thing moving I appreciate y'all being with me today. This is TL again on the Frontline Stereo Podcast, baby. Frontline Stereo Podcast listeners, I'd like to welcome a special guest today. We're going to talk about navigating uncertainty. This brother here is an investor, a cultural scientist, and a global executive coach. Y'all won't listen to me, so I have to bring people like this in to talk to you guys. <laughs> He has this term that he uses called courageous vulnerability. And I'm hoping he's going to be a little bit vulnerable with us on the Frontline Stereo Podcast. Everybody, welcome Torian Richardson today. <laughs> How you doing, man? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, bro. T. Rich, I'm glad you're on the show today. Uh, I love when I have friends of, of the Frontline on the, on the podcast. Man, I know we just launched and I appreciate, I appreciate you being here for the launch. But man, I'm 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 bothered and I'm upset today, and I'm trying to calm myself down. And you're one of the people who I like to talk to when I'm I'm bothered and upset because we're in a global pandemic. Um, mm. We're dealing with COVID nineteen on a regular basis. We're, we've been quarantined for the better part of a month now, and right. I'm still seeing people throwing parties. I'm in Florida, man. Mm. I I still we still got people out at the boat docks, people out at the beach, and right. The term I like to use when I, I I like to I like to talk to the community of people that we're from, as specifically the the black community, and I don't know yep, if we're yep. I don't know if we're taking common sense measures right now. I, I I think it's 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 very common sense measures. Our our first program in life is self preservation. I don't need a president mm. to come online and and tell me that I have to stay in in order to self preserve. I, if I want to mm. live, I don't want to have any chance or or 
give COVID-19 any opportunity to enter my body. I know the best measure for me is to stay in. And I, I just want to compel the people that we, the community of people that we're from to stay in, stop doing the party, stop going to the kickbacks. And you had an interesting, <laughs> you know, you had an interesting platform that I, I caught on your on your Facebook channel um, just a couple days. And I want to introduce that platform to to the front line. It was talking yep. about navigating uncertainty. And I want to have a, a conversation about that today. But I do want to give you the opportunity to just speak a little bit more about yourself and who you are. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I get a little heated and I know I didn't, I didn't get the full, <laughs> I didn't get the full um, introduction out. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about who you are a little bit. I know you, but hey, the front listen, line don't. Listen, man, I, first of all, I just appreciate the opportunity. Just, you know, you, you wanting to have me on the show, speak with me about a few things and just have a chance to send positive, progressive, life-breathing energy out into the world, man. I think that having conversations like this is very important, even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable, and it doesn't necessarily align to the direction that people may be going, but this is how we grow as human beings, man. So I'm always grateful, always appreciative. So, and then I like to hear your voice, man. I'm, I'm very proud of what you're doing, and I hope that your listeners know what type of talent and energy that you bring. Of course, I'm biased because we've known each other, you know, 20, 25 years, uh, just oh, about, I so appreciate but, that. I uh, so appreciate that. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. But yeah, a little, you know, a little bit about me, just, just random. Um, you know, I've been blessed with the opportunity to work in a lot of different areas, both personally and professionally. Um, I worked in education or education technology. I worked in finance. I've had a chance to work in the transportation industry. And I've also worked in consulting and as an executive coach. And not only have I been blessed with the opportunity to do that just here in the United States, I'm currently in the Chicagoland area as a caregiver for my mom, but I've also had the opportunity to live and work in parts of Europe, uh, live and work in Africa and in Asia, but more specifically in China. I was living in China for about four and a half years. So I've been blessed, man. So when, when we talk about... Quite frankly, you're a man of the world. You might as well call you Superman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate it, but I, I don't know if it's Superman. I think it's if we talk about that term navigating uncertainty, it's it's I've always tried to show up in a way in which I was broadening the horizon of my experiences. So um, and, and it kind of ties into what you were talking about with common sense in our community. But but in the community, really, one of the things that we have to really realize is that common sense is not always common right and and you know that common sense is determined by the way we think and the environment that shapes our thinking so and this has nothing to do with culture race or you know any of those superficial things this has to do with how we are processing the things that are happening to us in our life so for me um this the courageous vulnerability piece was always about pushing the boundaries of what I thought to be true, pushing the boundaries of my beliefs. And I I was blessed with the opportunity to be able to do that, both personally and professionally. But one of the things that I did learn about it and pushing myself is that it's it's really uncomfortable, right? If if you're really challenging um, yourself, whether it's I'm doing it to reaffirm what I already believe or I'm doing it in a way in which I'm gonna gain new beliefs, in the process, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, 
And, um, and, and I would encourage more of us when I say us, it's as human beings, but, but specifically in the uh, native black American community to do that. So that's kind of my, my spiel with the, with the navigating uncertainty piece. Oh, I'm sorry, the courageous vulnerability piece. Look, navigating you, uncertainty is a part of You take a, a, a much different approach than I do. I, I go straight at their head. I, I call them a dummy <laughs> because that's what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis. I'm watching people who don't understand that we've always had our slip showing, so to speak. You know, that's street talk, mm-hmm. but we've always had our yep, slip yep. showing. And right now, it ain't just the slip that's showing. I hold ass out. What are you mm. telling your what are you telling your audience of people and the people that you coach those middle class folk who now have found out that they're not really middle class that they're working class and that they were job rich that check came and you felt good when that check Whew. came out. and now it's gone what, <laughs> yeah, what happens dope, now you get those dopamine hits twice a month that, that's essentially what's happening from a neurological standpoint but you know you know to keep it candid the framework doesn't change, right? I mean, one of the things that we talk about right now when it comes to navigating uncertainty is the first bucket that things fall in is acknowledgement. And, and acknowledging where you are, what is the situation, uh, where you fit into the situation, but specifically in what we're talking about, where you sit in the overall system. Because this is the first time, whether we talk about 9-11 here in the United States, whether we talk about the, the global financial crisis that was, that was really uh, established in the United States but affected or have fallout throughout the rest of the world, this is the first time that we are actually seeing something that is happening that completely transcends borders, cities, races, cultures. It, it's a global challenge. All right, we're all and dealing so with this. We're all feeling it and, it, and it's and it's bucking the system to a point that we have never seen. So this is a really good time for people, the community that we come from, to sit back and ask themselves, where do I fit in this system? And you're absolutely right. For the majority of us, a, a large percentage of us, we are working class, working poor. I wouldn't even say middle class, right? If you, if you can't live within six months of how you've been living without having a paycheck coming in, that, that is a working status y'all need to hear that um they need to hear that my audience needs to hear that again if you can't live within six months of working or as you say what what did you say that dopamine hit (laughs) you can't live right if you can't live six months beyond that that's exactly what it is you're working poor get it together you're working poor Mm, no question and and again you know i'm speaking from this i'm in the process of 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 helping my parents navigate this uncertainty. And they've been working for 40, 45 years, right? But it's not about how much you make. It's what do you do with the income that you bring in? And that goes back to mindset. So you're absolutely right, man. Like just navigating uncertainty, this is a really good opportunity for people to step back. And I hope your listeners embrace this. Now is a chance to step back and ask yourself, where do I fit in into this system, right? And I mean the global economic system. And I know it sounds broad, but this is the time to look at it because we're seeing how economy works in the United States. It does not churn without access spending. Right? That is. So when we look at the CARES package that went out, almost 50% of that went to what? The top half went to individual people, which was basically minimum wage. If you break it down to, to a day, it was, I think, 20 cents an hour under minimum wage for that $1,200 that most people receive. And what they're doing is they need that to go into the system 
And the second part of the CARES Act that, that the organizations received money were what? It was the large institutions that create the products and services that we need to consume. That's the engine. Now, if we're able to sit back and say, okay, I understand that the system is built on people being over leveraged, having credit card debt, having um, extended mortgage payments and car payments mm-hmm. so that they can be in something that they really can't afford. Right. right. That, there, then, there's another uh, another flag, something that you really can't afford. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, and, it, and it goes back to being tethered to it and being tethered to the mindset of in order for me to be rich, I have to look rich when the goal should be, how do I build wealth? And those are two very different things. But it goes back to acknowledging where you are in the system, what your financial situation is. And this is one of the things that I talk to clients about, but I also talk to my family about, which is, you know, not talking about it or, in your, or not addressing it doesn't make it go away. Same Hello. thing with your finances. It doesn't. I completely agree with doesn't you, Tori. It doesn't make it go away. The, but mm-hmm. I, have, I have some additional concerns. I, 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 mm. I hear you staying from a, a global standpoint. I hear you talking from a political standpoint. I, I, I definitely think mm. this conversation, it, it, and if, it, if anybody is, don't be fooled by what I'm about to say. This yeah. money conversation, this COVID-19 mm. conversation is slowly but mm. surely getting ready to change into a global economic conversation. And it's going to shift to politics mm. very quickly. Right now, this is a political conversation. And right now we're the pawns because just as you said, that twelve hundred dollar check, five hundred dollar stimulus for every kid. That's not going to save you. That 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 equates to minimum wage. And for the working class or the working poor, that's not going to save you. That's not going to that's not going to continue out. And we can't do this for for more than one month. If this goes on for two and three months then we have an economic impact that is so detrimental to our system that that's when you're going to have to suit up and, and really think about what, what you're able to do when it comes to surviving. If, if I'm wrong, you please tell me, cause I, I, I see um, other people prepared for a civil war. They, they have guns, they have bullets, they know how to grow food. They're prepped. They, they got, they're not concerned with looking at toilet paper. The people that I talk to, they, they've been concerned with going to get bullets for their, for their guns. Well, any I think any community that is dependent upon a larger self a system and it is not self-sustaining is going to be beholden to this. Right. And and I think you're right, because I think this is well, I know that it's going to get worse before it gets better. It is going to be politicized and without question, it's going to have a larger economic short term and long term impact. Right. Even Mm -hmm. when we get out of this, if we look at money and we look at interest rates. Money has been cheap for the past 13 or 14 years, and that means personal and business borrowing. That's going to go up. But since we have so much new money that's going to be flushed into the system, guess what's going to happen? We're going to see huge inflationary rates that are going to happen. So the things that you were able to buy in 12 to 18 months is going to be that much tougher, even if you do have the money in your pocket, because the prices are going to go up, right? So you're right. People should be preparing in a lot of different ways, whether it's home self-defense, being able to grow your own organic food and self-sustain. But I, but I would argue, man, that these are things that, that we need to be able to do in some way, shape, or form without being in the middle of a pandemic. But unfortunately, part of our human nature is our back has to be against the wall. We have to feel it. Right. Re- re- this is reaction instead of proactivity. Changes. Exactly. Man, look, yeah. 
I, I just I, I just see it shifting really quickly. That uncertainty definitely settles for me, settles in for me. I'm I'm looking at mayors, governors of different states completely ignore mm-hmm. the CDC guidelines or the president guidelines of trying not to shut down, but shut down um, their city shelter in place, stay at home orders. I think they're seeing new power come into their hands that they've never seen come into their hands before. I think mm-hmm. a mayor is going to, I think a mayor is going to declare martial law before the president does. I'm uncertain about these you, things. In Florida about something like that? Florida. I'm, I'm looking, honestly, Chicago might be one of the Chicago, New Orleans, Michigan. Those might be one of the, the first places to see martial law put in place because that's where they're not listening. And, and specifically in the black community, the yeah. first thing that happened when, COVID-19 came out was black people can't get it. Right. That's, that was the, that was the talk of the town. Uh, That's a white people disease. This is, this is not a virus that we catch. That's only white people are catching this. And then basketball players catch it. NBA players catch it. They shut down. Now we are among the highest, at least for new Orleans, Michigan and and Illinois, we're contracting the the virus higher than any other race. They're the, they're the three States. (laughs) These are the Louisiana, Illinois and Michigan are the three states that are reporting on this stuff from a racial standpoint, from a from a mm-hmm. ethnic ethnicity standpoint. And now we're among the highest people to, to contract it. You know, this COVID-19 definitely places some fear and, and uncertainty in front of people. But it definitely hits home when it really hit home, when your people start to get it. I'm, I'm, I'm I have people that I am close to that are now starting to contract this virus. I have friends whose family are now starting to contract this virus. It's not just a fun and game joke anymore to, um, for some people it was never a joke for me. It was never a joke. I've been quarantined and in my house, you know, we've been on calls for the Mm -hmm. past three weeks and I don't, I want to find a way to, I can't do it without my emotion being involved. That's why I got you on the line. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I needed well, no, a coach it's, to it's come emotional. tell us it's emotional it's emotional for me too man I, it is but what i've learned is is that unfortunately people our people need it needs to be personalized people have to feel it before they actually take action and guess what man hopefully even in this conversation, we're, we are inspiring people. We are emboldening people, which is even better than inspiring because you can be courageous in your actions and doing something that will help calibrate how people are thinking about it. But I'll be honest, it's a personal decision, man. It's a, it's a personal choice, and people have to step back, and that's why I go back to that first bucket of acknowledgement. But here's the thing, that a lot of us lie to ourselves. It's much easier to say, hey, this is a white people's disease, which is very crazy, much so, right? which is nuts. Or, or, or this is, you know, this is a conspiracy against a certain group as opposed to saying, you know what, here's the situation that I'm in. How do I make sure that I am prepared regardless of what, what may happen? So one of the things that I've been doing is actually working with the consulting with companies on like from a financial standpoint, what are the first things that you should do? And the first thing that we talk about is creating a cash flow war room. That's where your CFO, your executives, or for people listening to this podcast, and you're the executive of your home, where you sit down and you say, here's where we are. Do we have enough cash reserves? A lot of people don't. And then how do you very slowly start to trickle off and turn down that bleeding water 
because you can't have money going out. I did it myself. I had almost forty, $45, $50 worth of apps that I had on my phone that was, you know, $2 here, $0.99 cent a month here. I turned all that off because it's not necessary, right? Mm. That's 50 bucks. Then Netflix, I had it, but I had, like, you know, the, the, the highest version, the premium version. And then I looked at my um, cell phone company account without advertising anyone on this podcast and look and they actually have a promotion where if you're a customer you get netflix as for a part free. of your promotion for so that's free. another 12 13 dollars that i say and it sounds small but that's enough food to eat for a month if need be these are the kind of decisions that we have to be making right now what's what is essential and what is non-essential and then how long is it going to be before we just run on the essentials what do you think about some of these things that have been deemed essential I know for Florida, it's some items that are deemed essential, like the liquor store is deemed essential. Construction is deemed consensual. But here's the big one. And this is where I talk to the black community again. Church has been deemed Mm. essential. Me, from my own personal experience and having friends and family members who have attended, attended funerals from a person who has passed away and now have contracted COVID-19 because they attended a funeral wow. or attended a church service. Pastors, you got to be smarter, especially in the age of information, especially the level of information that we have, and especially with the technology we have. Look, the digital divide is going to close. I said it on my last show. The gap between the mm. digital divide right now is closing up because people are now working from home. People are live streaming shows and, and services. I need the, the black community to start closing that gap and start streaming services and care about your, your church community a little bit more. These things are some of the items that are deemed essential. I I don't know what to say to that. I want to, I want to go slap the pastor's wrist and say bad bad (laughs) pastor, man. Like what can you tell your congregation to stay home? Well, I try to look at everything from a macro view, man. So my question would be what would make a church essential now? In normal circumstances, I get it, but I really get it under under these circumstances. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I try to understand the psyche of the people that are making the decision. And you want people to feel calm. You want them to have a place in which they don't freak out. Because the last thing that, that our government would want, any, any government, is for there to be a run on the banks, is for people to start running and looting in grocery stores, is for people to start running and looting in each other's homes, especially when you're in a state like Florida where people can defend themselves. I mean, it, it could be very bloody. Very much so. places that... where people can arm themselves and defend themselves. And, and, and I, you know, and you know that, that I, I believe that people should have the ability to do that, just for the record, right? It's the same reason why media is so important. And if you look at what's happening on the commercials, while commercials are still coming out, but they're blending in the COVID-19 message into their product or service, it's because sedation is real. I need for people to be in a place where they feel safe, whether it's the church or not. For some people, it is alcohol. But both of those are different ways to alter the psyche and the state of people showing up for the larger society. And that's a control thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but it is a way to control and sedate the population. Man, I was because just about to... There was, wasn't enough, there was, was, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, I was like, because I was just about to say, well, did you just say, tell everybody it was okay to drink? No, I, I don't think it's okay to drink. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I mean, and I, and I have my own, here, but here's the thing, though. I have my own personal health issues with drinking, although I'm a very moderate drinker, but what it does, even one drink, what it does to the liver 
is a whole nother podcast that we could talk about and what it does <laughs> to our body. But what? I, but no, I mean it's real. But but I will say this though, I'm trying to understand why they do it, and it's because you got a lot of time on your hands. Think about the majority of people, man. How many people that you know, or even anybody who's listening to your podcast right now, is sitting or had to sit during this with their spouse or their loved one or somebody that they've been with who they're realizing, wow, that's not the person who I thought they were. Oh, dude, because I talked about it th- just the last show. Time together. Yeah, I, I talked about that the last show. I said it's two things that's going to go up. We're going to talk about divorce rates going up and we're going to talk about the, yep. the, the baby boom that's, that's about to happen because you ain't never spent this much time in a room with your spouse or your significant other ever. So I, I want to talk about these buckets. You've mentioned these buckets a few times and I want to understand each bucket. So the audience has the opportunity to understand the platform that you're speaking upon. And I want to direct you guys to the frontline stereo podcast, Facebook page where you can find more information on Torian and his platform as well. You'll see, I'll make sure you have all this information. I absolutely want you to go in and comment on the show as well. When you're sitting down, as you said, um, someone's sitting down with their spouse right now, listen to us and, and buy time until you can get back outside. <laughs> yeah, you, man. straight yeah, no chaser it's, it's man. gonna be difficult i mean this is this is an interesting time where people are going to learn a lot good bad or indifferent about each other but you know the, the three main buckets and, and we can dive deep into each bucket and attributes and, and things that are in each bucket but over the past week and a half two weeks what i've been talking about is the first thing we just mentioned which is acknowledgement and that's that's acknowledging where you are where we are in the situation and doing so from uh, a perspective that is as a realist, right? I mean, it's, it's important that we know where we are and that we don't lie to ourselves when we're doing that, whether we're in a pandemic or it's just, you know, with our finances, like we were talking about before, it's critical for us to do that from a, and it, to be an impactful person or to be a, a leader within our home. Mm-hmm. Um, the second aspect of that is the environment. And environment means not just the environment that we're in, but as an influential person, what is the environment that we're actually creating? And the thing with acknowledgement is, is that it's hard to create uh, environments that are positive if you haven't started with yourself first, right? So what I encourage people to do is to first sit down and this sounds very simple, but it's extremely powerful, but sit down and acknowledge like how they're feeling and codify it, meaning how do you put three to five words around how you feel right now? I feel scared. Um, I feel disempowered. I feel um, I'm afraid, right? I don't know how to right. feed my yeah. children. And it's fine. Whatever those words may be, but really put your own words around them and then write that down. Like literally write that on a piece of paper or type it out. Sounds simple, but it's important because it helps you really flush out how you're really feeling. Because a lot of times we have stuff going on inside of us, but we can't codify it to other people. So right. that helps. The second is now is a good opportunity for you to, to really reevaluate, like, what are my virtues? What's important to me? Right. And not just what do I value, but what are my virtues and what do I value? And then how do I express that? So, you know, for me, things that I value are curiosity, sovereignty, ingenuity, solidarity. Like if I were to think about the virtues that are most important to me, these would be the top four. And so I want to make sure that as a person, I'm rooted in those things. Right. Right. And I write those down as well. So, and, and again, it sounds like a simple exercise, but when you're talking about your family, if you're, if you're a husband or a wife and you have children that you're trying to explain this to, 
This gives us a sense of ground to start from. And when you share them with your family or other people, or, or even if you're in a work environment, what that does is that gives them license to share as well. Right. Yeah. Not enough people so, talk. Go ahead, go ahead. No, that's all. That, that's all. Not enough people talk. Not enough people are sharing this type of information with their loved ones, with yep. their with their significant other or passing down the knowledge. I, I tend to say all the time when it comes to um, the political game, it, I'm looking at a lot of I, I call them the old guard. Everybody in politics yeah. right now, I consider the old guard, like uh, Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. very respected. But I consider her the old guard because who she passed down this knowledge to? Who's next? Who's right under her? Who who who's exactly. her apprentice? And I, I feel like we have to start creating our own apprentices so that we have someone to pass this knowledge down to who can take up the mantle when it's time to take up the mantle. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And but the only way to do that is to codify. That's why the written word is so important and in, in getting it out in a way that's transferable to other people in every circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely right. I, I agree with you 100%. It's, it's vital that we do that. And then people have to know where we're coming from, and that's why the virtues are so important, because you, you want to be rooted in something that's important. Now, people don't have to agree with it, right? There's a difference between, hey, these are the, these, this is what's virtuous to Torian, as to what's virtuous to, to you, um, but I have to know mine in order for me to be able to acknowledge and respect someone else's, and the majority of us don't, right? So doing that in this situation is important. And then there's another concept, man, and um, and this comes from yoga, actually, but it's just box breathing because there's a lot of anxiety that's happening right now. You can't navigate uncertainty in, 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 a, in a state of being that is overly reactive, right? You know, they say all the time that cool heads prevail, and this is true. Right. So box breathing is a very simple exercise, man, where essentially what you do is you pick a few seconds. I start off with five or six seconds. You inhale for five seconds, you hold your breath for five seconds, you blow out for five seconds through your nose, and you hold your breath for five seconds. And you keep doing that because essentially what you're doing is you're training your body to bring in more oxygen. And when you bring in more oxygen, that calms down your nervous system. So I that whole that at the beginning of the show. Here in our whole life, it's real. I should have did that. I should have did that at the beginning of the show. I told you, <laughs> I, t- I told you he was Superman, man. Look, he, you went from global coaching to teaching us how to breathe properly. <laughs> well, man, because look. everything starts with us though, right? We That's can't, true. I can't, you can't change the world. I can't change the world. Well, what are we doing right now? Right. We're, we're, we're working on ourselves. We're talking to each other and then we're projecting the kind of energy and insight that we want to put out in the world. Now, here's the thing though, man. We don't know how it's going to be received. Some people may hear this. They might be offended by the things that we're talking about, about mindset and you're not in the right place. Some people are going to be emboldened by it, and they're going to take more courageous action. We can't control that. What we can control is how we show up, and that's why this is so important. Man. Acknowledgement where you are, what the situation is, is vital for navigating uncertainty. And then you can get into small things around, you know, how do you – how do you start to build out six feet in front of you from a planning standpoint? But that's, you know, more in-depth stuff. But the first bucket is acknowledgement. The second one is environment. Cause when you do those other two things and then you're able to come into situations calm and a low levels of reactive emotions and anxiety, then you are creating the environment where other people can do the same thing. Right. Think about if, if a pastor or a leader, Right. And, you know, I, I know we can get into politics and stuff right now, but right. when the leader gets up in front of the group, if the leader is flustered, and, oh, my God, I don't know what we're going to do. Which is what? what we have the currently. Are, 
<laughs> that's that's Donald Trump yeah. to a T, red faced, flustered, <laughs> saying things that are really, really good or really, really bad or how he wants to keep us motivated. But, yeah, I, I guess that's why everybody are calling um, Kumo the president right now, because he keeps a calm attitude as he's given updates on the state of New York during COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And you get and you and you get all of these rumors that he's running for president. He looks presidential. I, I don't know. Right. But what I do know is from a leadership standpoint, He's doing the right thing. He's over communicating like like that's what you have to do right now. You have to keep reassuring people, but you also have to be truthful. Hey, listen, this is the real situation based on the information and data that we have. It may not be pretty. It may not be what you want to hear, but it is the absolute truth. We have to assume that that's what we're getting. That's what we want to assume. But as a leader or as an influential person, that's certainly what we want to be projecting. Right. Right. And then we, we have to give people nuggets of hope. We have to plant little seeds of, hey, but if we do this, it's going to be a little bit better. Um, here's how we're going to make progress. Because we can't just have all the negative stuff without giving ourselves and other people things to hold on to. And that's why starting with acknowledgement with yourself and then the environment or creating that environment is so important because you can't give to other people what you don't have. So you can't do that unless you've done it for yourself. So you got to have some composure. So Trump right? don't have it, right? I think he has it in his way, in his own way. I think what he's doing is he's reverting back to what got him to where he is. Hmm. He's not acting any different than how he's always acted. Whether people like it or not, is that's a whole nother conversation. But he hasn't shifted. Okay. He hasn't shifted. He, I mean, you think he's shifted? No, not at all. I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm I don't one of. So. I'm one of the people who who don't like Trump, but don't hate him either. And while it's quick in our community, just call him a racist and say, he's doing a terrible job and is doing this. I, I personally think he's just a figurehead. This they're talking. Cause I don't think he has knowledge on any of the things that are going on right now as any president who mm. would be in his position. I don't think would have that knowledge. So he has to rely on his, his specialists and his, the doctors that he is having speak, but it's, it's almost like a, a comic strip reading mm. when, when he gets up to the podium and I get what he's doing. <laughs> I really do. I, I really get that he's trying to be positive, that he's trying to be motivated in the way that we've seen him always do, even back in his apprentice days on um, on, on television. We've we seen him do this before. Then it was entertaining. Now it's we have a stupid guy running the country. So I don't I don't down him for for coming on. And as you say, giving little nuggets of hope, trying to instill in people that, hey, I'm not wearing a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. I wouldn't do it in the house. So if someone is telling you to do wear a mask in the house, don't wear a mask in the house. Yeah, it sounds stupid coming out of his mouth, but that's his way of trying to help you understand. I don't want you to go into this mass hysteria state. I don't want anybody going to a mass hysteria state. I don't know where we're getting our information from these days. I don't know what we're watching, what mm. we're looking at. Um, but it's really mm. important that we start to develop good outlets to get our information from. Yes, Fox has his own point of view. CNN has his own point of view. MSNBC has his own point of view. And then social media has a point of view of everybody who controls it. Just like my, my podcast has its own point of view. But you still should be able to find the middle ground between all the messages that are there and be able to objectively yeah. look at what would assist you. I'm always a big person. I'm, I'm really big on saying what's tangible for you. I'm not talking about mm. what's tangible for the race. I'm not what's talking. I'm not talking about what's tangible, tangible for the world, the city, the state, what's tangible for you. And once you get to what's tangible for you, then you'll know where you align at. 
I, I don't necessarily not align with Trump, but I don't necessarily align with Trump. I know what's tangible for me. A good a, a good economic um, atmosphere is, is tangible for me. <laughs> so I tend Should to I, I tend to lean towards some of the stuff that he's saying. And then when he gets on stage and he's I don't think he's doing a, a, an excellent job. I think he's doing the job that I expected him to do because he's limited in his vocabulary. He's limited in his, his knowledge on the subject. He's limited, whether he has the world's best specialists around him, he's limited into being able to, as you say, codify the information out to the public. So I don't expect yeah. anything. I'm not expecting anything more from him, but, and if he gives us less, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I'm just saying we don't have to beat the man with a sledgehammer <laughs> because he don't know how to speak like Barack Obama knew how to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, but you're talking about two different individuals, two levels of sophistication, not mm -hmm. that one is better. You, you know what I mean? It, it, it's different, but I, I agree with you, right? Like, for me, one of the fundamental questions that I ask people all the time, and I hope your listeners listen, because I want everybody to use this. But first, you got to think about it for yourself. The question I ask people is, where do you get your information from? Yes. Like, really? Like, like where do you get your information? Media? How do you program your brain? Is it only through watching television or is it through reading or, um, or is it through conversations like we're having right now or listening to different podcasts? And the challenge with most of us, which is how a lot of us actually show up in life, if you really think about it, we get to a certain point in life. We're like, all right, I'm cool. I've been educated enough. I've done enough stuff. Let me find my little corner of identity. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep finding information that continues to reaffirm what I already believe. That's what most of us do. Agreed. Right. That's what our religious institutions are. That's what our political affiliations These are. are. Yep. The reaffirmation is what you already believe, as opposed to saying, OK, I believe this or I sit on one side of the fence or, or somewhere in these shades of gray. Let me go to another place and just hear something different. Now, I, it could be uncomfortable. I don't have to agree with it. I can think this person is crazy, but at least I'm getting different information to bounce my beliefs off of. But it's challenging because what that does is it starts to scratch the surface of identity and how we see ourselves, man. But to me, in my experience and all that cool stuff, we talked about it first and living and traveling around the world and stuff, it has helped me really push the boundaries of things and think about things a lot broader, but then also deeper because I have a deeper pool to pull from of information and resources to process stuff differently. Tori, man, you have a, you have your own platform that you're, driving your conversation off of. And I just want to make sure my listeners also know what that platform is. Um, you, you, if I'm not mistaken, you told me you're doing your own podcast, right? That's correct. Now, we, we haven't named it quite yet, but I do encourage people to chime in when they get a chance. You can, you can find out on, on all of the social media. You can go to torianrichardson.com, which is just my name, T-O-R-I-A-N-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N, or the short version of that. And that's with my social media handle as well, which is, Torian online is all one word. That's uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, um, everything in between. It's a so man of the world. Man, look, I, I can, <laughs> we can go, you know, we can go all day long, but I don't want to hoard your time. And I, and I definitely don't want to um, overload and, 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 and have you share all your, your information um, without sending people your way. I'd like to thank you for coming on the Frontline Stereo Podcast. I really wholeheartedly appreciate it. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break, and then I'll come back to close out the session. Again, I, I really do appreciate you coming on, and I can't say more for, for the appreciation that I have for you, brother.
Hey, man, I appreciate it as well, man. And uh, last but not least, it's always a go monster. Always. <laughs> Everybody, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to go ahead and close out this show. Um, you're on the Frontline Stereo Podcast with TL, and I'll be right back. I know I took a quick break, but your boy is back. You are still on the front line, so don't think. It's safe. It is not safe yet. He calmed me down, but I'm still bothered. I'm still highly bothered. So as I close out this show today, I still got a few things I want to talk about. I talked to one of my partners and he came up with this term, SIA. I said at the beginning of the show, we was going to talk about that. It's an acronym. S-Y-A-A-H. Let me say that again. S as in Sam. Y as in yellow. A as in apple. A as in apple. H as in Harry. Sia. Stay your ass at home. I don't know what it's going to take for me to get that message through. I hope after listening to this over and over and over again, maybe some cool acronym will make you stay your ass at home. I don't know why you feel the need to go to a church service right now the church is within you pray as you stay your ass at home our numbers are down y'all like i said i've been saying it all show i said it the last show clearly this is something we can get if you're not emotional about your own self-preservation then that's on you i mean again this is basic programming within life when you are born into the world the basic programming says I should self-preserve. That means you're going to protect your own life at all costs. Those who can't self-preserve or go against the process of preserving their own life are considered clinically insane. Don't be one of the insane people. Don't be a person who is just defiant for no reason to the point where you're clinically insane. You're nuts. I need you to stay in the house, man. And I need us to stop fighting against our own interests. We continue to do that back and forth all the time. I'm going to have to have another show about this whole COVID-19 stimulus check thing. Because as I talked about this stimulus check thing, man, look, I've been pushing Andrew Yang from a, a political standpoint. People told me it's socialism. Um, when we went to the, when you went, if people who were shifting to the Bernie um, campaign, yeah, it's too socialist. It's too much socialism. And then you got people who, who sit back and tell me that this is TL. This is really different. This is not socialism. You're right. It's, it's not socialism. I've already understood something that you don't understand. Don't be such an arrogant American and think you got it all together. There are people in way off worse situations than we are, but you don't have it together. The numbers, the basic numbers, the basic financial numbers, Say the world doesn't have it together. I said in the beginning, the government's not going to come and save you. The reason why they're not going to come save you financially is because they are bad financially. There's $22 trillion worth of debt. Trump came into office. There was $20 trillion of debt. He didn't do this all by himself, but there's $2 trillion extra worth of debt that he's placed into our life. So if you think your bad financial management is bad. If you if you just think you're bad at financial management and you're expecting the government to come and save you, look, 
They bad at financial management too. Look, I mean, they're really, really bad at financial management. So don't expect them to save you. I don't want to get heated again, guys. I just want to end on a positive note. I really want to do my best to end on a positive note. They're telling me to end it now. And I'm not going to beat this dead horse. I'm going to go ahead and do my best to end this on a positive note. But before I start with that positive note, I want to remind people that, look, just this past Monday, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, the mayor, where the city where I'm from, born and raised, she released some startling numbers that show over 50% of the city's cases were reported in black residents. This makes up 30% of the population, people. Black Chicagoans are currently making up 72% of the coronavirus deaths in the city. So that's the reason why I say Saya. My bros gave that to me. Stay your ass at home. Not because it's some cool acronym. Not because some president told you to. Because you care about self-preservation. And if you don't care about your own self-preservation, maybe it's a parent who cares about your self-preservation. Maybe it's a child that cares about your self-preservation. Maybe it's your friend that cares about your self-preservation. Especially my friends, I care about your self-preservation. So please, because someone loves you very much. Before I go off and get heated, I want to remind everybody to head over to the Frontline Stereo Podcast Facebook page. That's exactly how you can find it. Frontline Stereo Podcast, right along Facebook. Let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know what you thought of my guests. We can get more people in like that. And now, you can bag up off the front line. Thank you for joining me.